Wednesday, November 10th, 2021. Welcome to the Philly Press Box Radio Roundtable brought to you by the Iris Rover Station House in Langhorne, PA, and Allstate Insurance in Westchester, PA. I'm Bill Furman. I'll be your host tonight along with my partner, Jim Chet Chesco. Hey, Chet, the Sixers are banged up, sick, and everything else, but still playing pretty well, even though they lost last night. The Flyers continue to play well. The Eagles battled the Chargers, came up short again this week. College basketball is underway with Villanova starting the season ranked number four in the country, and they got a win last night. And last, I think we stunk up our picks last week, uh, but there's certainly plenty to talk about. We're going to cover it all. Yeah, very tough loss for the Birds on Sunday. I was there. Much to talk about on that front. I don't know if we're going to have enough time to get to all of it, but we'll do our best. And I know there aren't any moral victories in pro sports, but that being said, what the Sixers did the last couple of nights playing with like seven and a half guys, a few of them from the G League, they battled a couple of pretty good teams, the Knicks and the defending champion Bucks, right to the end the last couple of nights. I know no moral victories, but it's a great learning experience for all these young guys. And I'm going to give them lots of credit, even though they did come up short on the final well, score. Well, we'll, we'll get we'll get to more of that a little bit later. But one thing you can say uh it goes to show you how good everybody in that league is. You know, oh, that, yeah. that 12th guy down there on the end of the bench, he's there because he can play. You know, it, yeah. it's, yeah. you know, you lose a little bit of sight after you get your starters that maybe there's something else, you know, that, that these guys are just seat fillers. It's not that way in pro sports. People lose sight of that. Yeah, but it was tough playing back-to-back nights with only, you know, a limited roster. So uh, you could see they were – Pretty much out of gas the last few minutes of that uh, Tuesday night loss. Oh, well. Yeah, Let's talk football course. first, Bill. Yeah, we've got a great guest again tonight. Uh, we'll be talking all things Eagles with former Birds and Philadelphia slash Baltimore Stars tight end Ken Dunnick, who uh, these days publishes Jersey Man and Philly Man magazine. The man is all over the place. So let's get him on to talk Eagles and everything else. Ken, welcome back to Philly Press Box Radio. Hey, glad to be here. And listen, the reason I'm all over the place is we didn't make enough money back then to retire <laughs> like these guys, so I got to work. Yeah, we'll talk about what you got going on in a bit, but we got to talk birds first of all, Ken. Uh, I'll tell you, this has been a crazy week. Everybody focusing on, I think, the defense and coordinator, Jonathan Gannon. They're just, you know, not aggressive enough. I know they did blitz a little more often this past week, although you wouldn't have known it by looking at the pressure or the the number of sacks, which was the same amount that Bill and I had on Sunday, zero. Uh, Is all this criticism of Gannon justified, do you think? Well, in my opinion, I think uh, it is. There's a learning curve. He's a young coach. And, you know, if you remember um, Doug Peterson, when he was a – relatively young and inexperienced head coach. He brought in Jim Schwartz as a defensive coordinator, a guy that had been around and knew what he was doing. Gannon is still relatively untested, certainly as a defensive coordinator, although he is highly thought of. But, you know, in talking to a lot of my Eagles alumni friends, we're all in agreement that uh, it's just too vanilla. I mean, he goes back and cover two. He tries to disguise it every once in a while and a cover one look, then the, the safeties drop back. And, you know, cover two makes it easier to run the ball, and it also makes it easier to throw the underneath routes. The linebackers aren't great cover people, 
So these quarterbacks are completing passes at an all-time high percentage. I think four or five quarterbacks this year have thrown for already over 80%, which I think is an NFL record. So uh, something has to change. I did like the fact that he went to a little more uh, man-to-man uh, last week, and he did try to blitz a couple times. But, you know, people aren't talking about the cure-all for this is to have our front four get heat on the quarterback without blitzing. And that's not happening enough. Every once in a while you see Josh Sweat with a with a play or, or you know, uh, some of these other guys will, will come in and make a sack. But it's not there's not enough pressure on the quarterback from our front four. And, and that's why, you know, if you don't get heat on the quarterback, they're going to pick you apart and cover too. Yeah, and that's exactly what I was going to say to you was about the front four and the fact that they don't seem to be producing pretty well, but uh, and certainly not in Gannon's defense because I'm not sure there's a real defense for it at this point. But do they do they have the players? You know, do they do they have the Jimmys and Joes as they say? Well, apparently he doesn't think they have the cover guys. Otherwise, he played more man-to-man defense and he would and he would blitz more. So he's trying to protect his defensive backs by playing cover two which leaves the middle of the field wide open. And again, the linebackers aren't great cover guys. And, and there's holes in the defense that the, uh, that the other teams are exploiting. It's frustrating as an Eagles fan to watch because, you know, if something isn't working, you've got to try something else. And if that doesn't work, maybe go back. But you can't stay in the same set and expect uh, these teams not to have success against you. Now, on the other side of the ball, the offense has looked a lot better the last couple of weeks. I know the one game was against Detroit where they looked great running the ball 40 sometimes. And then uh, they ran the ball a lot this past week in the loss to the Chargers. Uh, I guess that's in a way to protect Jalen Hurts, who's an inexperienced quarterback. He only threw, what, 15 times or whatever it was this past week. What is the... What's the situation with the offense right now? Is this what we should expect to see going forward? A lot of the the rushing attack. Well, listen, I'm an old school guy. I, I believe that you you set up the pass by running the football effectively. And Jim Morris said something in a team meeting one time. I'll never forget. He goes, "If you can run the football and you can stop the run, you have a chance to be a championship football team." In the last two weeks. The Eagles have actually run the ball effectively. Interestingly enough, Miles Sanders hasn't been on the field. So uh, I'm not sure what that's all about. Although I do think that uh, Howard and Boston Scott do hit the hole relatively quickly, and they've had some success. When you factor in uh, a running quarterback like Hurts, then you've got, you know, an effective rushing game that the Eagles really should be using more and taking more advantage of. And I hope the last two weeks have shown – uh, our head coach that, you know, this is the way to go. Hey, Ken, what do, what do you think so far, Devontae Smith, uh, five catches this week for 116 yards and a touchdown. He looks like if he can get in the right situation that he can actually be the real deal. The guy we've been looking for around here as a game breaker for a long time. What, what's your assessment? Well, I, you know, I think he's the real deal. I love that draft pick, by the way. I thought he was the best receiver coming out of college. And actually, I thought Howard Roseman did a, a pretty good job of, of getting him. The problem seems to be that uh, he's probably open more than he's being targeted. But, you know, Hurts fails on the play quickly because he panics back there and then just, you know, tucks in and runs, which is okay. I mean, that's why, you know, he's he's one of the leading rushers on the team. But um, to... Uh, successfully uh, use a guy like Smith's talents, you got to hang there in the pocket and wait for him to get open. And, 
you know, Hertz is bailing just a little quickly and it's not happening right now. Now, Zach Ertz, of course, is gone. So Dallas Goddard is the main man at tight end. Should they be utilizing him more, do you think? Again, I think they try to. Um, uh, he looks to me like he's running good routes and getting open uh, quite a bit. But, you know, if Hertz is going to bail on the passing play, uh, how many times? Eight to ten times a game. There's eight to ten targets that prime receivers are, aren't getting. Yeah. So, so it's a problem. It's a growing process for Hertz. I think he's got to mature as a quarterback, hang in the pocket a little more often. And, you know, he was he was a great running quarterback in college, but the NFL is a totally different game. He's not going to have that kind of success in the NFL. Yeah, and, you know, I always go back to the offensive line and the defensive line because I always still feel like that's where you win the games. Uh, the offensive line, what, what was it, 30, was it 37 carries uh, th this week we were talking about? Uh, you know, they're a good experienced bunch, but, you know, are, are we utilizing them quite the way we should at this point? I, I think they got some, still have some good talent. Well, they do, but keep in mind we're missing two starters, right? We're missing yeah. Samalo and we're missing Brooks. So mm -hmm. you've got uh, Dickerson in there who may or may have not have been ready to play. Looks like he's improving, actually, week to week. Malata has been pretty solid. Then you had the Lane Johnson situation where, you know, he had a, a medical excuse and, and he was out for a few weeks. So I think when the line is intact and healthy, these younger players will get a chance to play more. And yeah, the line is actually improving uh, in, in the last few weeks, which is encouraging. We're halfway into the season now. The Eagles are three and six. What are your impressions at this point of the new head coach, Nick Sirianni? Again, I, I truly believe that um, the Eagles management, Jeffrey Lurie and Howie Roseman, got burned in the Chip Kelly deal. So they, this is what you're going to get as long as they own and run the franchise. They hired Doug Peterson, who I didn't believe was ready to be a head coach. I was wrong. Doug won a Super Bowl. I still think they caught lightning in a bottle that year, but he did win a Super Bowl, so he proved himself. But uh, why did he get fired? He got fired because he wanted to pick his own coaches. And as a Super Bowl-winning coach, you would think he'd have that right. They didn't want him to do that, and they let him go for that reason. Now they've got Sirianni in there. It's basically, he's hungry for an opportunity. He's going to make his name as a head coach now. But he's going to do what Jeffrey and Howie want him to do. And, uh, you know, because of the Chip Kelly fiasco, I think this is what you're going to get. They're going to hire these up-and-comers who they have control over. They can pick the coaches, maybe even pick the schemes, certainly going to pick the players. And uh, Eagles fans are going to have to live with it because I don't think they're going back to hiring uh, Chip Kelly and giving the keys of the franchise to anybody else. Yeah, hey, Ken, uh, I would – uh, a viewer asked a question. I think it's good. I want to share it. I'll put it up here. Uh, I wonder if anyone has thought of employing the Baltimore style of offense, which they're using with Lamar Jackson, with the rushing attack opening up the passing options. Uh, is that something you do with a guy like Jalen Hurts, or do you try to develop him into a quarterback uh, in Baltimore? They're letting Lamar be Lamar and be the great athlete that he is. Uh, well, you can do that. Um it's dangerous because look at RG3 when he when he came out of college. He was a explosive running quarterback. It only takes one hit, you know, to, to put him on the sidelines. I'm not even sure if he's still in the league. I think he was last year, but now know, he's a broadcaster now, I believe. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so he's out. So it cut his career short. He had a promising career. Uh, Lamar Jackson is an incredible athlete, but uh, again, you're when you you're going to risk injury to a quarterback uh, using that style. Uh, and 
is it effective? Yes. I mean, Randall Cunningham was an explosive player. Remember how he used to tuck it and run? Oh, yeah. and, uh, but again, you know, he got nicked up at the end. He wasn't quite the player that he was at the beginning. So it is an effective style, but it's but it's really risky. And uh, you might end up using your backup quarterbacks for the rest of the season if the guy goes down. Ken, you mentioned uh, that maybe it was lightning in a bottle. The Eagles winning that Super Bowl since the Super Bowl 52 title. The Eagles are 26-33-1 regular season and postseason. That's not very good. Uh, but here we are now going into the second half of this season, and they're 3-6, and six, but every game down the stretch, they're going to be you know, maybe a one- or two-point underdog or a three-point favorite in some cases. Every game is winnable. As I put the schedule up here, how do you see the rest of the season playing out for the Birds? I think it depends. I think uh, if they continue to improve, um, the, there's some games on there they go in now. If you look at immediately, they're at Denver, right? Now you would think, well, the Eagles have a good chance to win that game. Well, look what Denver did at Dallas last week. So, you know, Denver is a team in flux. They look to be getting better. You've got a powerhouse New Orleans team coming in the week after. You've got a Giants team that's that's playing better now. They just beat the Raiders at home the other day. Certainly the Jets should be a win, and then they've got a bye week. Then you've got, you know, the Washington and the Giants and finish with the uh, – with the uh, Washington again and then Dallas. So they've got some winnable games. If they continue to improve, they can have a respectable record. Um, I'm thinking that, you know, eight, uh, seven, eight wins is probably uh, uh, a little optimistic, but it certainly is doable. I don't think it's a playoff team this year. I think they're going to have to add a few more pieces before that happens. Hey, Ken, do you like how the, the season is playing out? Um, and I ask you that because you, you mentioned Dallas and Denver, and, it, you know, that was an easy Dallas win, it looks like, and they get blown out. Uh, we were just talking last week that it looked like the Dallas and the Rams and, and the Cardinals were kind of the, the cream coming to the top. Uh, there is no cream to the top. It doesn't seem like every so many teams lumped together. Well, I mean, you know, look at the upsets. I mean, uh, Jacksonville uh, beats Buffalo last week. You had mentioned in your opening that, the 12th man on the team is there for a reason because he can play, right? Well, the 43rd guy on an NFL team is there for a reason because he can play. And the guys on the practice squad are there for a reason because, you know, they, they may be a player or two away from being a superstar. And everybody that uh, gets an NFL paycheck is a competent player. Some are better than others. Some are in the right schemes and, and, and some languish in schemes that aren't right for them. So, um, you know, it's a, uh, it, it's a difficult situation. I, I do know this, and it's it's cliche, but it's true. On any given Sunday, uh, any NFL team can beat another. You've got to come into a game, and that's why Bill Belichick is so effective as a coach. And Dick Vermeil uh, did pretty much the same thing. I can remember in 1980, if we were going to play a bad team like the Saints were back then, um, we would have a, a bloodbath for practice that week. I mean, it was just full contact for three days and, and he was getting our attention. If we were playing the Cowboys, it was shorts and shirts because he knew we were going to be ready to play Dallas. So he, we, we didn't have to, do, he didn't have to get our attention for that game. And uh, I, I think a lot of uh, these NFL coaches right now, they don't have that same type of control or gravitas to be able to, you know, direct these players, get their attention. All these guys are making mega millions. They're many corporations on their own. 
it's in some cases I think it's really hard to get to players right now to get them mentally ready to play because they're already rich. They're guaranteed their money, and uh, if they won the last week, they'll say, "Well, it's going to be an easy game." It's not. Any game is uh, losable or winnable in the NFL. Hey, Ken, you mentioned Dick Vermeil. We had your buddy uh, Kevin Riley on last week, and we talked with him about this. Dick Vermeil almost certainly going into the Hall of Fame in uh, 2022. They'll make that official, I guess, Super Bowl weekend. And don't you have a date coming up soon with Dick Vermeil? Aren't you going to go to a movie premiere or something? Yeah, he's got the, the movie coming out of Kurt Warner's uh, life, and he is in that movie, and he was graciously invited my wife Terry and I to attend the premiere that's going to be in Philly. I believe it's uh, later this month. And, you know, you, you, hey, listen, I, I could sit here. We could talk for an hour about my admiration for Dick Vermeil. The only bad thing I could say about Dick Vermeil is he cut me after one season. He could have gotten a couple <laughs> more years. But uh, he's, been a, he's been a huge influence in my life. We've remained very friendly. He supports the magazine and our events. I try to support him in his wine business. And I'm just so gratified to see him finally getting into the Hall of Fame. Here's a guy that uh, took uh, two teams to the Super Bowl, won one. And the uh, argument against Ramil getting in was his overall record. But he took two reclamation projects as teams and turned them into champions. And I think finally the Veterans Committee looked at it and said, listen, Dick Ramil's 85 years old. How much longer is he going to be around? Let's get him in the Hall and Certainly Mike Holmgren, I think, is the next coach to get in after Bill, but I'm glad they're doing it this year because coach really deserves it. Bill, I can't hear you. Yeah, I've lost Bill's audio too. Sorry. Bill, we lost your audio. So uh, can you come back, Bill? Uh, what, what I was going to say is uh, I don't think I'm bad about anybody else, but uh, – when Jimmy Johnson got in ahead of Dick Vermeil, uh, I, I I called bad news from that. I can't make it out, Chet. You might have to take. I over. couldn't either, Bill. Bill, you're you're cutting in and out there. I know you said something about Jimmy Johnson, but uh... yeah. Well, let's try one more time. Uh, I I didn't like to talk bad about anybody, but when Jimmy Johnson got in ahead of Dick Vermeil, I was calling bad news on that. Okay. <laughs> I, I, I was more I was more upset about Bill Cower getting in before Dick Vermeil, to, to be honest with you. I thought, uh, you know, uh, Coach deserved that. But, hey, listen, the bottom line is, is it looks like he's going to get in. And I was out there for Harold's uh, nomination and uh, induction in the Hall of Fame this past year. I'm looking forward to, to going back and uh, being a part of Coach Vermeil's uh, uh, great uh, evening uh, in Canton next year. And, uh, I'm sure all the ex-Eagles will be there supporting him. It's going to be a great day. Well, Ken, speaking of great days, you've got a lot going on with the magazines, Jersey Man, Philly Man. You had your Unmasking the Legacy event very recently. And speaking of the magazines, you're going in a whole bunch of different uh, cities now. Uh, I, I think you were just uh, in Miami recently. Is that right? Yeah, we uh, obviously, uh, I own the uh, local market here with my two partners, Don Eichmann and Anthony Modulo. we own Philly and Jersey. And then a few years ago, we started a franchise company to actually sell uh, franchises to other cities. So our business model is now in Boston and in, uh, and in Miami. We just had a Miami launch party a couple of weeks ago, and we're excited about that. And uh, you know, we have we have an interesting business. We have a hybrid business that's a combination of a magazine focusing on men's interests 
and a really exclusive business network that has an annual fee and it's oh we lost ken i didn't do it i swear i didn't do it i didn't do it either <laughs> but you know people are, are leaving messages about the audio uh now that ken's not on i'm not hearing the clicking i was hearing it the whole time as well yeah i was hearing the clicking so uh Oop, there he comes. Gremlins. Gremlins. Let's, let's, he's coming back on. There Can you go. are you there? Let's see if we can get him back on. Hang on one second. We'll put you back on the stream. All right, Ken, what's going on? Miami. Uh, yeah, yeah the Miami, man. We just had the launch party. It looks like that's going to be a successful market for us. Hopefully, we'll be in several cities across the country. And um, it's, it's an exciting time for our business because it's working so effectively here in Philadelphia and local South Jersey, we decided to put it into other markets. We've got some great owners in the Boston and Miami markets, and hopefully there'll be more soon. So, and you mentioned our gala. We just had our unmasking Alexi yeah. gala. It was a packed room at ballroom at the Ben. Uh, we had, uh, we honored six men and women of the year candidates. We gave away close to $15,000 in charity. It was just a real feel good evening. Uh, our philosophy is we, we, we have so many uh, great clients, especially those clients that hung with us during this last year and a half. Think about it. We're in the live event business for the most part. And uh, we, we were having trouble hosting live events. We were doing them under heaters outside and everything we could <laughs> think of to try to keep our business alive. And, and the people hung with us. And uh, we appreciate that. So we're, uh, we're all about giving back and recognizing people and giving to local charities. And uh, hopefully that, uh, that number will continue year after year as the, uh, as the gala continues to grow. Hey now, Ken. That uh, for for people that don't know, that's you've turned that into a family business, right? You've got uh, you've got your family; they're all part of that as well. Well, I've got four daughters and my wife Terry. Terry uh, helps us uh, with sales and uh, helps us with a lot of the event planning. My daughter Ashley actually runs the business with me, and uh, she's also involved in USA Man franchising and helping those other markets. My other daughter Alexandra, who's a triplet, by the way. Uh, she writes the fitness column, and she helps us in our office. And then uh, Jamie handles our social media, another one of the triplets. And, and Taylor comes out. Uh, she's a full-time nurse at uh, up in uh, Langhorn, and she's pretty busy, but she does uh, attend the events and helps us out from time to time. So I didn't design this as a family business, but I feel really blessed that they're all involved. That's and Ken, awesome. Ken, don't take this the wrong way, but your daughters are a whole lot better looking than you are. <laughs> I couldn't agree with you more than the best thing that ever happened to me was they look like my wife. So, uh, <laughs> and, and trust me, you're not the first guy that said that. <laughs> well, hey, Ken, before we let you go, speaking of the magazine, how can people get the magazine, follow the magazine, follow your social media and everything else? Yeah, I appreciate it. Well, the magazine is actually available on our website for free. If you go to jerseymanmagazine.com, you can click on the link and read the magazine uh, for free. Uh, our Legacy Club is very popular, over 300 members. We meet once or twice a month. It's great for business networking. If you're interested in that, you can send me an email, Ken at jerseymanmagazine.com. Of course, we're just catching our breath after this, Caleb. We'll, come January, we'll be planning for the next one, and hopefully we'll raise even more money for charity. But I'm easily reached via email, Ken at jerseymanmagazine.com. If you have an interest in just coming by and taking a look, we Always have interesting parties. Usually a celebrity or two shows up, and uh, it's just a great night for local businesses. So uh, if you have an interest, please reach out to me, and I'm glad you guys enjoy the magazine because we work really hard at it. 
All right. All right. I have one final thing for you that I almost forgot. Your display at the F Pro Football Hall of Fame, is that still on display? Well, you know what it is? Uh, I drove out to Canton for Harold's induction with Keith Crapley and John Spagnola and Kevin Riley, by the way. So we had three tight ends. With Somehow we let a linebacker in the car. I'm not sure how that happened. <laughs> Somebody had to drive. <laughs> and uh, I got to tell you, um, uh, it was very flattering for me to stand there with those two, two tight ends and, and Kevin, guys that I admire and respect so much as players and Seeing my jersey up there in the Hall of Fame uh, USFL exhibit is, is really, really humbling. I, I, I told that I didn't want that to happen. I told the curator of the Hall of Fame that there are several more deserving players on that team, but for, for whatever reason, they chose me and the jersey, and it's it's up there, and I'm really proud of that. So thanks for, thanks for mentioning that. Awesome. Nice. Awesome. Well, Ken, we appreciate you taking the time as always, and uh, good luck with your magazines, and uh, let's go Birds. Guys, I'm uh, big fans of yours, and keep up the good work. Very enjoyable podcast. I enjoy listening to you guys. Thanks, Ken. We, we appreciate you. Okay. Yeah. Take care. All right, Chet. If your couch is getting more mileages, mileage than your car, it's time to start saving with Allstate's pay-as-you-go auto insurance. Yeah, you know it, Bill. Allstate's pay-as-you-go auto insurance puts you in control. You only pay for the miles you drive with the same full coverage that a traditional policy offers. Pay-per-mile insurance gives customers greater control of their insurance costs. See how much you can save with pay-per-mile car insurance by calling your local agent. In Westchester, Pennsylvania, that would be Dave Lavoy. Call Dave at 610-430-0700. Once again, 610-430-0700 and start to save more now that you are driving less. By the way, uh, how is Dave? Have you got an update? Yeah, I talked to him just uh, Monday. He's doing much better. Uh, you know, the process is going to be long, but he feels like he's uh, making improvement and appreciates the shout outs and uh, looking forward to getting him back out and get him on the golf course soon. Absolutely. All right. Uh, I wanted to squeeze this in right here, Chet. Uh, the Phillies. They announced they'll be starting home games at 6.45 on school nights until school gets out for the summer. Uh, you like it? Do you think 20 minutes, you know, from a 7.05 start really makes a difference in anything? Uh, the fact the game might end at 10 o'clock. Kids can stay up till 10 o'clock to watch the game. You know, what do you think? A anything to it? Well, I do like it. I mean, while it might make it tougher for folks to get there, you know, arrive on time for games starting at 645 because they're driving more in the rush hour, uh, those April and May home games will theoretically now end 20 minutes earlier than they otherwise would have. So that's good. Of course, what really needs to happen is for Major League Baseball to do something for real, you know, take steps to speed up the games. The average nine-inning game this past season was a record three-hour, 10 minutes long. I think most of the postseason games went something like three and a half hours or longer. But yeah, getting back to the six forty-five start, I do like that. What do you What do you think, Bill? Well, you know, I I don't really have a care about it, really, except that can you get to the game on time? I don't want to get to the game in the second inning. Yeah, uh, you know, and, and for the, the working person people, uh, they've got to go home, pick up their family, pick up their kids, however they're doing it and get to the ballpark, can they be there on time to do that? Uh, that That's my only real thing. I don't think in the long run it's going to make any difference one way or the other. 
I remember back in the late 90s when they made the switch, they moved up the start time for evening home games from 7.35 to 7.05. And people were, you know, wondering about that. Of course, games back then were shorter. It seemed they were like, you know, two and a half hours, two hours, 40 minutes maybe. Now, as I said, they're more than three hours typically. But anyway, they moved them from 7.35 to 7.05, and they've been that way now for something like 22 years or whatever. We got used to that. I think we'll get used to this. But again, it's just April, May, and September, at least initially. Yeah, and and I don't know uh, exactly what I'm going to say here is fully true, but the Braves start a lot of their games at 7.35. Hmm. Um you know, I don't know what, what days of the week exactly it is. I could check on that. But because it's so hard to get there through the traffic of Atlanta, uh, they actually start their games later rather than earlier. Hmm. Yeah, so, and that is a concern, as I said, the, the whole rush hour thing, because uh, you can hit a lot of traffic on the Schuylkill and on 95, you know, in that 5.30, 6 o'clock time frame. Right, right. Well, it will certainly be interesting to see, but I would trade it for the Phantom Runner at second. have they made any decision what's coming back what's not i think that's gone for sure but what about the the dh is that ever going to happen i I, I think think the dh is still waiting for the winter meetings um and actually i think all of it still is at this point but i think the the word is that the uh the runner on second is going away that's what i thought i heard yeah and the 17 double headers are also going away I think so. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, winter those winter meetings, meetings uh, and let's go ahead and throw this in here because we're yeah. going to have an extra minute tonight. Um, Dick Allen will be coming up. We'll certainly be talking more about about that in the early December at the winter meetings. Allen will be voted on, hopefully voted in. Um, but, you know, it's interesting, as I was reading that article, Chet, for these committees, the committee members have not been selected yet. Really? So yeah, they they haven't been named yet, and I want to say they only get about ten or twelve days uh, from the time they're selected. They go to the winter meetings, and you know, I guess they're sent a packet of information or whatever. But then people come and uh, you know make their case, like Ray told us about with the NFL. Yeah. Uh, you know, Hall of Fame that the people will come and make their case for the person. So, you know. <clears throat> it's not like guys are sitting home saying who they're going to vote for because we don't know who the guys are yet. Huh? Well, Dick Allen's stats haven't changed over the last 43 years. So hopefully most of these guys, whoever are chosen are familiar with Dick Allen and his great career and will do the right thing on December 5th or whatever it is. Yeah. And, and you know, the, we certainly hear a lot about Dick Allen in Philly, you know, with frog and those guys doing what they're trying to do. And, and in uh, Chicago, they love him in Chicago too. Yeah. But, you know, there, there's still a lot of uh, Gil Hodges and Tony Oliva and Jim Cott, you know, backers as well. So uh, I'm, not, I'm not sure this is a drop kick. You know, this, is, this isn't going to be this isn't going to be easy, I don't think, for Dick Allen. Yeah, I just hope it happens, man. I mean, it's a shame he's not around any longer, but I hope it does finally happen this year. Yep. All right. Well, we'll certainly get more to that as we get to the early December vote, and we'll, we'll certainly talk about that. Hey, the Flyers, uh, 10 games into the season, they're 6-2-2 two two start. Kind of nice. That's better than their normal starts. Uh, if you run that out over 82 games, Jet, they're on a 110-115 to 115 point pace. Uh, can this team keep anywhere close to that pace? I mean, that's that's – and they're still in fourth place. 
way too soon to make any legitimate guesses about that bill i mean if my math is correct they are 12 percent of the way into the season already so there will be slumps there will be injuries i mean they've had a couple already ryan ellis and uh kevin hayes hopefully ellis back this weekend not definite yet and hopefully uh kevin hayes back in the next week or so that's uh the word from elaine Vigneault the other day the good news is and this is the most important thing to me, is the goaltending has been good so far. Carter Hart's looking much more like his rookie self of a couple of years ago. And the backup, Martin Jones, has been terrific as well. So if you can get good goaltending, that's always a huge plus. Yeah, well, and they went through a period there where they were scoring a lot of goals. uh, And then all of a sudden they went a little cold, but the goaltending stepped up and they continued to win games. So, uh, And even to get a couple that they lost, or one that they lost and tied, um, were, were against tough opponents, and they played very well. They just didn't come out on top. So uh, you're not going to win them all. But I'm looking forward to to seeing how this plays. There's a, a good, tough schedule coming up here over the next handful of weeks, and we're going to know an awful lot um, by Christmas, I think. Yeah, I, I think so. This is so time for well. you to start watching. Yeah, I'll, t- I'll start turning them on in January because <laughs> the Eagle season should be over by – mid-December <laughs> you know. it, it is over it, not yet not yeah yet. it, it is know. over <laughs> they could go on a run bill they're gonna be in all these games so let's hope that they uh figure out what the hell they're doing <laughs> all right we'll certainly be talking more flyers too as we go but hey let's give a shout out to all the shows that will be live on the edge of philly sports network this week including this one this episode is being streamed live across facebook twitter youtube twitch You can also catch all the action on www.eopsports.com. Help us out by hitting that like, subscribe, follow buttons, and as always, share with your family and friends. In addition to this great show, check out our partners in Philly sports, including the Broad Street Bullies podcast. Jeff, Drew, and Doyle can be heard Monday mornings at 9 a.m. talking all things Flyers. They also have a live remote coming up November 13th. That's uh, very soon. 5 p.m. at 13th Child Brewery, 345 South Main Street, Monroe Township, New Jersey. Stop by and talk Flyers hockey with those guys. Edge of Philly Sports Live tonight. Join Joe, Freddie, and Big Al as they cover four for four and so much more Philly sports. Check them out live Wednesday nights at 9.30 p.m. Eastern Time. Bird's IQ, Kyle and Eric Quinn are back. Catch them Thursday nights at 7 p.m. They talk all things birds. And the Patterson Avenue Fanatics Jet every Saturday morning at 9 a.m. Wake up and have breakfast with the gang. And there's a bunch of them. TK, Marks, James, Paul, Dave, and Damon. And get your Philly sports talk on to start your weekend with a cup of coffee and maybe a donut or two. Sounds like a plan. Yep. If you miss the shows, no worries. Grab the podcast. And remember, stay up to date on all Philly sports by visiting eopsports.com. They have great articles from a huge staff of contributors subscribe to the weekly newsletter you can sign up at eopsports.com where is merle and where where's the music we're gonna get to merrill after we talk a little basketball because then we're gonna go into football so i'm gonna play merrill right before we talk football but we gotta talk hoops now and the bad news is boop was a late scratch he thinks he's with the 76ers now and he's got to, you know, sit out. <laughs> Is this a load management game for him? It's a load management game for Boop. <laughs> now, he said he, he hurt his back and he didn't want to be on camera and have to like wince and, uh, you know, 
have any problems Boop, on Boop the NBA and Bead. Yeah, so Boop <laughs> is going to sit this one out. If you're watching Boop, feel better, take care of that back, and uh, have a beer. That, that's that's what I recommend. It helps ease the pain. So we do have Boop's picks, though, for the football segment. But I wanted to talk to Boop about hoops because, as you noted, Villanova opened its season with a big 40-point win, but they got a, a big game Friday night out west against UCLA. Villanova ranked number four, UCLA ranked number two in the country. So that's an early season test. And I have no idea how good UCLA really is. I mean, if they're ranked number two, obviously they're pretty good, but Jay Wright's team is pretty good too. So that's an early potential great game for hoops fans to watch. Yeah. I think I, I might try to tune into that with myself and uh, you know, I, I, I want to be excited about college basketball, Chad. I used to, I used to actually like college basketball almost as much as I like college football back in the day. And it, it, the whole basketball thing has kind of soured on me and uh but I, I want to watch it and I and you know having a Philly team, a Villanova team uh be good certainly makes it more interesting to watch. But uh good luck to Villanova and, and you know it was also so much better when all the big five teams were good. And yeah, now there there's one and the others. Yeah, it's Villanova and occasionally one other team, you know, but right. usually not. It's usually just Villanova now. But you got to root for Jay Wright no matter, you know, what school you went to because he's a likable guy and Nova's always fun to watch. But let's talk a little Sixers. Let's because do it. They were 8-2. and two. They had won six in a row. And then, you know, more guys went on the COVID list. Uh, first, Joel Embiid was going to be out with uh, just a rest day, Monday. And then it turned out he tested positive and he's in the COVID protocol along with Tobias Harris and Isaiah Joe. So a couple of guys out there. And then Seth Curry goes down with a foot injury. So as I said, last night they played with basically seven guys and uh, Paul Reed and some other dude up from the G League. And yet they still were right in that game with Milwaukee right till the last couple of minutes before they just ran out of gas. But it was just so much fun to watch Tyrese Maxey and Paul Reed and uh, Shake Milton had a good game also. They they battled so hard, and it was just a fun game to watch. Just a shame that they came up a little short in the end. Yeah, how about Drummond with 17 points and 20 rebounds? Have a, have a night off the bench. The night before he had, I think, 13 and 25 rebounds. So yeah. I'd say yeah. that's a pretty good backup. <laughs> and, and, you know, maybe, just maybe, your superstar center, if he would stay off the arc, could actually get rebounds too. <laughs> he gets his share. Don't worry. He he he's in the post more <laughs> than you all, think. Man. Come on, <laughs> lay off Joel. And we're not even going to mention that other guy. So no, no, no. not going to mention him tonight. No. But, but before, but what, what, yeah. is, what is the update on him? By the way, I've heard nothing other than he did uh, give the Sixers the name of the therapist or whatever that he is seeing for his. Uh, mental problems as far as you know getting in the right frame of mind to play i still don't think he's ever gonna play for the sixers but he has at least given the sixers i guess some information who the hell knows where it's gonna go i don't care it, it, i don't talk about it anymore well i have one question okay is he is now that he gave the information is he still getting fined three hundred sixty thousand dollars a game can That's you imagine question. chet three hundred sixty thousand dollars a game and saying i'm not gonna play that just blows my mind, <laughs> the, the the money these guys make. Crazy. One game, you, you get a third of a million dollars to play one. That's, of course, before taxes, though, Bill. Right, right. <laughs> hey, uh, speaking of the Sixers, one other thing. Doc Rivers last weekend, 1,000th career victory, which I believe puts him 10th on the list all time. So 
congrats to Doc. And I don't know if you saw the video, but uh, they just showered him with water when he went into the clubhouse that night. Joel Embiid got him with a big bucket of water, and that was kind of fun to see. So congrats to Doc. And now we got to wait and get to 1,001 because they just lost two in a row. That's right. All right. You ready to uh, talk ready? football? I'm ready to talk football. But before we do that, we got to, you know, get ready for some football by hearing this. Hi, football fans. This is Merrill Reese. And you're listening to Bill and Chet on Philly Press Box Radio. It's good. All right, it is good. Let our picks weren't good, I don't think. <laughs> How did we do last week? I, I think we stunk it up, or I think I certainly stunk it up. Well, actually, you stunk less than Boop and I did. Uh, <laughs> your, your surprising pick of the Giants over the Raiders panned out for you. So you picked up one game on both Boop and me. You were two and two, you were very mediocre last week. Boop and I did suck we were one and three each for the season i'm still hanging on to the top spot at 23 and 14 boop stays a game back at 22 and 15 we seem to be picking the same every week boop and i without looking at each other's picks and i think that's going to be the case this week again we'll see uh you are now within three games of me at 20 and 17 we can all do better bill yes i think we can i think we can those two risk games i took a couple weeks ago certainly hurt me uh yeah hey Let's get to it. What do you think? Um, we've got you've you've got Boop's picks, even though he's not here. So here's what we got: our throwing game. Chiefs at the Raiders. The Chiefs minus two and a half. Tampa Bay at Washington. The Bucks minus nine and a half. Atlanta at Dallas. The Cowboys minus nine. The Eagles are at Denver. The Broncos minus three. The Giants are off this week. So let's start it out. Uh, Chiefs at the Raiders. Chiefs minus two and a half. Chet. Who's Boop? All right. Boop says regarding the Chiefs and Raiders, like a struggling three-point shooter that writes himself with defense and a breakaway layup, Casey's grinded out win Sunday is when they will have turned the corner. His pick is the Chiefs, and he notes that Casey is averaging 34.4 points in primetime road games since 2017. Game total 62. T says take both the Chiefs and look for some kind of alternate overs so boop likes kansas city and oh as it turns out i picked las vegas because kansas city has been struggling so much i'm taking the raiders to win this one so boop and i do have one different what say you bill i'm going chiefs uh, you know i'm not i'm not sure why i don't think it's because the raiders lost to the giants but um i'm going chiefs in that one i understand mm -hmm. all right so that gets us to Gee, uh, Tampa Bay at Washington, the Bucks minus nine and a half. Boop says Tom Brady hasn't lost to Washington since 2003. Now, I don't know how many times he played Washington because he was with the Patriots most of those years. Um, his pick, the Buccaneers. He says Brady will throw for two touchdowns. He always does, maybe more. He said, so certainly go over the one and a half on that front. He said, or you can even go over two and a half or three and a half, wagering less as the odds go up. I think he likes the Bucks at this one and Tom Brady. And who doesn't? I'm taking Tampa as well. Yeah, Tampa for sure. How about uh, Atlanta at Dallas? Cowboys minus nine. Chet, can you actually believe that Dallas was losing that game 30 to nothing? <laughs> they scored a couple garbage touchdowns there at the end. Uh, and here we are saying, hey, oh, they're really good. Uh, 
Atlanta turns around. They beat the Saints. How that happened? Uh, what do you make of this? Yeah, uh, well, D- Denny and I were at the game last Sunday, the Eagles game, of course, and we were out tailgate, and we saw that the score, the Dallas thing, whoa, maybe we were just like drinking too much and we saw the score wrong <laughs> or something, but no. Yeah, Dallas actually did get blown out, and I can't believe that Atlanta looked so bad to start the year losing big to the Eagles, and all of a sudden Atlanta is in the playoff hunt. They're, I guess, four and four, or they have four wins. I know that, so uh, I don't know. But anyway, I, I do think Dallas wins this one coming back strong and so does boop boop says you'd like to think atlanta has a chance but after the spanking the cowboys got on sunday nope he notes that ezekiel elliott has 14 catches over the last three games but his ground game will return here he said go over whatever his number is attempts and yards and lay a little bit for him to reach triple digits also if you'd like so his pick is the cowboys so is mine i'd love to be wrong so am i because we're not wrong okay All right, that gets us to the Eagles and the Broncos in Denver. Broncos minus three. As we said, they're coming off a huge win at Dallas. The Eagles coming back from an almost. uh, What say you? Boop says, all of a sudden, the Eagles' offensive strength is their rushing game, something that has been doing well or something no team has done well in Denver this season, 86 yards per game total by visiting teams as far as rushing, the high just 112. Uh, His pick is the Broncos. He says, expect the Eagles to give up on the ground game quickly. Go find some overs on Jalen Hurts' passing attempts. Hmm, interesting. Uh, We'll see how that plays out. But his pick is the Broncos, and unfortunately – so is mine. Um, th- that game against Dallas just made me think Denver may be better than we thought. So they're at home. I'm taking the Broncos. So is Boop. Yeah, I- I'm going to have to take the Broncos, and I'm not taking it taking them because I think they're better better than they are because of what they did against Dallas. I'm taking them because the Eagles are not any good, and they're just not. They're just not good enough. So. They may yeah. be able to play them tight, but I just don't. I said that against the Lions, and they blew the Lions out. So maybe I'm using reverse <laughs> psychology, but I just don't see it. They 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 got a whole lot of get better to do to go birds win and, many games. Hey, yep. don't forget to check out Boop's website, bettersinsider.com, for all kinds of betting information, and you can get lots more from Boop on Twitter. That is at Boop Stats at Boop Stats. That's right. All right, hey, great guest tonight, and Ken Dunnick, and and even Boop, even though he did an Embiid on us. I'm not going to uh, tell you who's coming next week because I'm going to do this first. Well, it's not your time yet. I don't care. It's random chat. I can do it randomly. Random chat is the next one. <laughs> I'm on a roll here, Bill. All right, there's somebody ahead. at the door. Yeah, I, there's either somebody at the door or I'm going to sneak in a random chat right here, and yeah, I think that's what I'm going to do. So. Hang tight, Bill, because I got to tell you this. Uh, you know that I'm a big music guy, and my absolute favorite genre is classic rock. And there was a lot of great stuff on that end back in the early and mid 70s. In fact, one of the very first albums that got my attention, and many others probably, was this one right here. It's by a little band out of London known as Led Zeppelin. This is their fourth album. This is this is the monster album from them. It was uh, just called Led Zeppelin, but everybody calls it either Led Zeppelin Four or Zoso because of the symbols that are on here somewhere, somewhere in there. It's Zoso from Led Zeppelin, 
And it's Led Zeppelin's best reviewed album and I believe best selling also. 38 million units of the original version were sold, several million more for reissues over the years. There are just eight songs on the 42 minute album, but most rock fans will know every single one of them very well, particularly Black Dog, Rock and Roll, Going to California, and of course, Stairway to Heaven. Well, this fantastic LP turned 50 years old on Monday, and it is one of those albums that I never get tired of hearing. And I bet you, Bill, that you probably like a few of those songs as well. I actually had that album as well, Chet. I'm not surprised. Unfortunately, 50 years ago. <laughs> you know, I I never got to see Led Zeppelin, and that is unfortunate, but they put on they put out some fantastic music from the late 60s right through the early 80s. And that's probably their best album, as I said. Yeah. Hey, I, I since we're talking music for a second, I didn't know you were go going here, but uh you know, the Stones made their Tampa Stadium uh, Raymond James appearance a couple weekends ago. Remember, we were talking about that was going to happen. And uh, believe it or not, it was a little bit of a blustery night for Florida. Uh, a little wet and a little blustery, but from all indications, it was uh, it was still Rolling Stones like you knew the Rolling Stones, that they were they rocked the place out. They just continue to amaze me. I think they're in Atlanta tonight or tomorrow night. I know they're in Atlanta in the next day or so. And uh, man, I never got tired of seeing them. I I would see them again if I if I could, and maybe I will. Who knows? Because they seem like they're going to be around forever. Even though they lose a member occasionally, like Charlie Watts, they're still going. Mick's still there. Keith is still there. Rock on. Yeah. Well, you know the the word is that this may be the last go round. So, but <laughs> yeah. they might be they might be still going when they're eighty five. So maybe yeah, I, I think I think now that Charlie Watts is gone, that this will be the last go round. But you yep. just never know. Yep. All right. Now we had a great guest in Canada. <laughs> so who's coming to Philly Press Box Radio next week? Week week. Bill, next week we're going to talk Flyers hockey, believe it or not, with the guy who does such a great job covering the orange and black for the Inquirer and Daily News. You know him, you love him. It's Sam Carcitti, our old pal Sam. We look forward to seeing him again. And we may or may not have a second guest. We'll see. We're still working on that. But uh, going to be good to talk with Sam about the Flyers. Yeah. Now, uh, is next week going to be our Tuesday week, right? No, next, next week? week is Wednesday the 17th. The following week will be Tuesday the 23rd ahead of Thanksgiving. Ahead of Thanksgiving. Uh, obviously, my mind is not in a good place. <laughs> I've been busy. Yes, you oh, have. All right. Uh, let's take another quick break and thank our friends at the PPCC 118 Raz Room. They post great sports memorabilia on our Facebook page so people can take a chance of winning something that they may not be able to afford or have access to. All items come with certificates of authenticity. They continue to run out great autograph memorabilia from all the Philly teams and more. They have small line razzes that give greater odds of you winning. Who doesn't like to win? Check out their Facebook page. Like it or follow it. It's PPCC 118 Raz Room. That's right. PPCC 118 Raz Room on Facebook. And Chet, I have to tell you, our pal uh, Al Safiri. One, a Bobby Clark jersey just really? last night. So, yeah, huh. Bobby Clark autographed jersey. So, Al, uh, Al's a happy guy today. Way to go, Big Al. All right. How about a parting shot for you or anything else you want to cover? Yeah, uh, I'll give you a parting shot. What the heck? Well, Bill, speaking of music, you know that I'm a big fan of 93.3 WMMR. 
And first of all, on that note, I want to say congrats to their morning guys, Preston and Steve, because they were just recently inducted into the Radio Hall of Fame out in Chicago. Well-deserved. I'm sure you and I, Bill, will be on next year's list. And secondly, regarding Preston and Freeze, uh, Preston, Preston and Steve, they recently held their Camp Out for Hunger event. Uh, that was last week. They raised money for Phil Abundance. I was there Thursday morning. And check out what they were able to raise with the help of a whole bunch of great volunteers and sponsors and listeners. Over 2.3 million pounds of food was collected. That's 1,167 tons. Money-wise, they brought in a little over a million dollars. And you can still donate at Acme Markets through November 24th. So congrats to the guys at WMMR, especially Preston and Steve and the rest of the morning show. They do an amazing job with that every year. And, you know, despite COVID last year and this year, they, again, set all kinds of records for collecting money for Phil Abundance. That's awesome. Awesome, awesome, awesome. The Hall of Fame is awesome, but what else they've done is even more awesome. Yep. A couple other things, Bill. Um, Jim Gardner, going to call it quits at Channel 6. He's going to stop doing the 11 o'clock news in January, I believe. And then he'll stay on for all of next year, but retire at the end of next year. He's been there forever. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it'll be interesting to see uh, who the replacement is. You know, they've they've got a steady bunch of people who've been there a long time sitting kind of, I guess, waiting for him to go. But, uh, <laughs> you know, a guy a guy like Rick Williams has been around forever as well and is a, is a jam-up guy doing the, the news a little bit earlier than 6 o'clock. So uh, maybe he'll be the guy or they'll bring somebody in. But talk about a, a high-profile position to come in behind. That's for sure. Yeah, that's a tough act to follow, as they say. Uh, you mentioned on Facebook today, today is the 246th birthday of the Marines. So uh, if you're a Absolutely. Marine or know somebody who's a Marine, go Absolutely. celebrate. And don't forget, tomorrow is Veterans Day. So don't forget say, yeah. to celebrate that. And, hey, call a veteran. Thank them. There's plenty of yeah. them out there. And uh, nothing wrong with giving them a, give them a shout out. Appreciate what they've done for all of us. And my first Veterans Day without my dad, of course, uh, who was a World War II vet and who left us right before Thanksgiving last year. So I'll be thinking about him even more than usual tomorrow, for sure. So happy Veterans Day to everybody. Absolutely. What else you got? One last thing. Uh, We were talking about the Phillies earlier. Jim Salisbury reported that he talked with David Dombrowski um, at the winter meetings. And Dombrowski said, yeah, we need a couple of outfielders and we need uh, some more bullpen help. He said he would love to have a reliable lockdown closer. So at least Dave knows what he needs. And uh, let's hope he can go and find those guys somehow. Take a page from Atlanta. They know what they needed. They went out and got them right before the trade deadline and ended up winning the World Series. Yep. And uh, shout out to Bryce Harper, who's starting to collect some hardware. Uh, don't know if he's going to win the MVP or not, but he's winning winning some some major awards uh, for his season in the National League, at least. The Hank Aaron Award, which I didn't even know existed for uh, the best offensive player in the National League. Um, yep. Nice to see Bryce get that, and he said all the right things because you know he knows about Hank Aaron's history, certainly. So, yeah, let's hope he can also add that MVP trophy. That's right. All right, ready to wrap? Wrap it up. Go Penn State this weekend. A tough task for the Nittany Lions, but hey, you never know. That's right. Let's thank tonight's special guest, Ken Dunnick. Our sponsors, the Irish Rover Station House, Bob Sullivan's Like Your Age.com, 
PPCC 118 Raz Room, and Dave LaVoy of Allstate Insurance in Westchester. For Jim Chechesco, this is Bill Furman. We hope you enjoyed the show. We'll join Philly Press Box Radio next Wednesday, November 17th at 7 p.m. You can see us live on Facebook or listen through our website, phillypressboxradio.com, on blogtalkradio.com slash phillypressboxradio, on all the Google podcasts as well as Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and all the others. High hopes, Philadelphia sports fans. Let's do the song. Come on. 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 Come on.